right, welcome to episode 124 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. We're recording July 18th, 2021. My name's Eric, the host of the show based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and of course, my football team's water boy, according to the show notes here. Thanks, Ian. Uh, as a first responder, I witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events, and I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name is Ian, and I live on Vancouver Island. I'm not good enough to make it on the football team, but I am a student <laughs> in preparedness. I'm also a target shooter, my farm's and my farm's designated mediocre handyman. I'm Alan. I'm a safety trainer, first responder, security expert, and overall safety nerd, not affiliated with a football team tonight. Uh, I'm Scott, first responder, splitting my time between southern and northern Ontario. I like learning things, and I don't accept that things will always carry on the way they have, simply because it's convenient to me. If you want to help support the show, keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, buy some swag. We have both. Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirts and the Super Wicked Awesome Cool Tactical Velcro patch as depicted on Scott's screen right now. I'm you can get those it. both at www.prepperpodcast.ca. All proceeds help keep the lights on and the backup generator fueled. If you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes to like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. If uh, you want to give us any feedback, good, bad, or if uh, there's a topic you'd like us to cover, just let us know. Feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. All right, so we've got some saturated content for in this episode. We were going to make, uh, make something about Steamy, but uh, we figured we'd let Alan down. So uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Next, we'll get uh, let you know what we've done for our preparedness uh, since last week, and then we'll get into the main topic, the importance of hydration. Being so let's move to the news. The way that I live my life. Um, <laughs> my uh, my article here. Uh, I've been able to kind of corroborate this with a couple of other news sources. Uh, so I believe this to be at least reasonably accurate. Um, but this article points to specifically how it was determined that Cuba is actually jamming a bunch of AM radio frequencies, including uh, ham radio on the forty meter band. So there's a lot of communication blockage. Um, between Cuba and the rest of the world right now. And that's uh, one of those things that absolutely terrifies us, right? The first thing you got to control in an insurrection is um, communication. And if they can't transmit outside the country, then we have to rely on this communist government state news to mm -hmm. determine what's actually going on. And I think we all know how I feel about commies. About the same way you do about carbon monoxide? Oh, we almost beat the spread. They had 305. We were almost there. I'm, I'm just going to point out Kyle here was guessing 225. Yeah, and then Brad said 305. So we, we, all, we almost beat the spread. Almost. But I introduced it. So does it count? Uh, yeah, it does. Because it, okay. it doesn't say whether I mention it. It just says before the first reference. I so, figured that was implied. <laughs> Uh, there are two things in the world I hate it's communist <laughs> and carbon monoxide um, so yeah it, it was really it's actually the, the, I found the article to be really interesting about how they came up with where the where the uh, the jamming signal was coming from so that's uh, that's my link tonight well I think Eric uh, you can kind of point out Eric where you see the little waterfall on the some of the uh, HF bands you can see where there's activity is that kind of the yep. case if it shows they were jamming it 
Uh, yeah, because you'd, you'd have just like a big solid bar there, I would imagine, if they're jamming everything. So you're not going to see different frequencies or, or different transmissions on the frequency. Yeah, so, so I was, I was watching know. a YouTube video uh, from a Cuba, ex-Cubano there that's living in Miami, and he was showing on the HF band. He could see like the, the blue bars on the, on the waterfall display. He says, mm-hmm. yeah, you can see right there on the hand bands where they're jamming it. And I'm like, oh, well, look at that. So I, I hadn't heard of it until I saw Alan's article and looked it up. Yeah, I'm going to have to read the article. I haven't read it myself. But uh, yeah, you, you would be able to track back where that signal's coming from the, to send the jam out because it'll be strong in one specific point, right? Well, yeah, it'd be a DF steer, right? So yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got a couple. Uh, first one is uh, Paris is in flames once again, this time over mm-hmm. a mandatory vax order. So I guess uh, they've been you know protesting with the Gilets jaunes for, what, a year and a half, two years now? And I guess they uh, they introduced mandatory vaccination for healthcare workers. And I guess that was just one thing too many for the French people who have been putting up with a lot of stuff over the last little while. And so they decided to erupt on their own little demonstrations. And um, yeah. yeah, there's actually some pretty good uh, pictures coming out of Paris right now because they pretty much trashed the town. So interesting. More riots. Yeah. Well, but they're much better at getting things changed than we are. So it's really hard to yeah. argue that. Well, they do have a history of decapitating people that make them a little too angry. Mm-hmm. We, we, that, we, might, that might be something we should uh, consider again. Well, I mean, if, if we did, not, we'd not anyone apologize. specific, any one person specifically decapitating or being decapitated, but I mean, even just a reasonable threat might make some particular people pay more attention to what those of us who are those of the Canadians that are allegedly making said threats are allegedly asking for. Well, I bet you, like, unlike the unlike us, they don't apologize afterwards, right? Like, we if we did, yeah. we'd have to apologize afterwards. Like, oh, sorry about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Second article I had was uh, thanks to listener Darius. Uh, he mentioned that there's a major Telus uh, cell phone and everything coverage in Alberta uh, outage. And interestingly enough, where they had one line get cut in eastern Alberta, they had no emergency services communications available, no internet, no phone, no cable. No, nothing. Just on one line getting cut. So, hmm. good statement on the tenuous thread society hangs on. Yeah, that's wild that one cable. <laughs> yeah, one cable. And not only that, but they came right out and said, if you have an emergency, don't yep. call 911 because it won't work. And I suggest you, they actually suggested that you get together with your neighbors and come up with a plan of attack in case of emergency. Yeah, I saw that in the news. And it's a great idea. Like, wow. I was like, it's almost like you're telling us to create mags? Like, Wow, <laughs> you're you're telling us to solve our own problems and not rely on the government. <laughs> I was I was blown away. I was like, "That's actually that's that's awesome." I'm glad you're mentioning phenomenal. that. But you yeah, know, even not, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? <clears throat> maybe yeah. not during the emergency. Maybe ahead of time would have been a good idea. But okay, that's sure. True, yeah. Yeah. But no, it was a good one. So uh, thanks to Darius for the article or for the heads up that that was happening. I had no idea until uh, he told us. So thanks. Uh, so I've got a news article here from CP24, and I'm sure. Pretty much any listener in Ontario has uh, heard about the uh, the total of five, yep, yeah, five tornadoes uh, in Ontario on Thursday. So uh, a big EF2 touchdown in Barrie. So uh, an EF2 is anything that's 178 to 217 kilometers an hour. Uh, Barrie came, came in at about 210 kilometers an hour. So it uh, sounds like a whole bunch of houses were, uh, were wrecked or damaged and... Uh, Last I heard, there's about 11 or 12 injuries, no deaths, thankfully, but uh, there was definitely some injuries. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it happened very, very quickly. We got the emergency alert here 
um, about the tornado warning. And then all of a sudden um, you're getting reports of tornadoes in South Barrie. So it's crazy. Our, our, our system in Ontario at least allows for about four and a half minutes. It's on, a four, it's about, yeah. it's on about a four and a half minute refresh cycle. So we've got like, it's really not a lot of warning that yep. bad thing, but that bad things are happening. So it's uh, um, that can warn um, those can warn videos are phenomenal for yep. at least keeping you alert of what to look for um, and kind of making you aware of when it's time to, when it's time to go hide downstairs. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, guys, to... I have to power to the podcast. I'll uh, talk to you there. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, so I had a news article. Uh, we were talking about this a little off air about uh, Bruce Beach passing away. Uh, he lived up near Orangeville and had created, I believe it was the world's largest privately owned bunker, uh, consisting of 42 school buses that were buried, and he made this fairly uh fairly large facility. It was quite, uh, quite impressive. Uh, anyway, he passed away of natural causes at the age of 87 back in May. Um, but uh, no one's really sure what to do with this, this facility that he, he'd spent years building and sort of getting all sorts of friends to help with. Um, and it was interesting because it got me thinking about some of uh, my older prepper friends, uh, one or two of whom have passed on. And what happens with you know, sort of the, the legacy that you're hoping you build for uh, yourself, your children, your family, um, you know, and wh- whether it's just going to be a you know, wicked garage sale one day or if, if someone's going to pick up the torch and sort of continue what, uh, what you've started. So yeah. it's food for thought. I want all my yeah. stuff on a boat lit on fire and floated out to sea like a, uh, like a Viking. <laughs> all right, we can arrange all that. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> Noted, it is now documented forever on the internet. So, um, yeah, I will um, practice my flaming flaming archery. There's a uh, there. There was actually um, at least one, potentially two episodes of Doomsday Preppers in which Bruce Beach was featured in his uh, true. Uh, his arc two um, bunker. I don't know what to call it. Homestead pass that's, it's that's a survival bunker i think survival that's what he referred bunker. to it yeah, as. i think that's how he referred to it so yeah um it was at least a couple of episodes so there's there's actually a, a fair bit of great information out there uh about him and what he was doing there which is uh which yep. is pretty cool so and the, um, the article in the show notes just talks about some of the other things he had done in his life and it just yep. sounds like a absolutely fascinating individual mm-hmm. so that's yeah, worth a check out to, to read the article hmm should I move into what we've done lately for preps? Absolutely. All right. Um, I actually have like an in level of stuff to talk about this week. It's exciting. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had wanted for a long time to try canning. So I got in on strawberry season and got a basic canning kit and listened to episode 36, I think it is. It's a regular podcast. Yeah, I made some. Strawberry jam, and it uh, turned out really quite well. Um, so I bought all the stuff, made my reservation at the diabetes clinic, uh, put a lot of strawberries and a whole lot of sugar in, and <laughs> I think it turned yep. out pretty well. 
it blows me away at the amount of sugar that you have to put in the. It's kind of mind boggling, actually. Yeah. And I, I've tried a couple of different recipes. I'm like, yeah, you really need the like mm-hmm. as much sugar or more than the fruit. Yep. Um, I got to learn about my septic system very intimately, unfortunately. Uh-oh. Um, so there's two styles of septic system, the purely gravity fed and the ones that involve a pump. Um, mine involves a pump and, you know, it's starting to smell like it shouldn't. Uh, it was just Uh-oh. the GF, just the GFI had tripped. Oh, perfect. Okay. Oh. Reset the GFI until it trips again. <laughs> uh Oh, so just reset it again. Well, exactly. Uh, so there, uh, you know, it ended up being thankfully the least expensive part in the whole thing that I had to replace. Um, uh, but uh, to get in to replace it was a rather unpleasant <laughs> process. Um, I made the jam before I did the septic work, and I've showered since. So <laughs> all, all is well. Um, uh, I ordered some firewood. Um, I would love to cut up. Uh, logs myself, but I just do not have the time. So um, we, we ordered some firewood just so that we can have that uh, stacked away, ready to dry. And the the whole episode we did the uh, the one year thing where Ian pointed out that it's you know be great bartering stuff. It's not like you can ever have too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I like that. Um, and then I uh, I worked on my Faraday box. Um, so I did the the ammo can. Faraday box. Uh, I went to test it, just putting an FRS radio inside and seeing if it's matching one on the outside would <laughs> make it uh, uh, respond, and it did. So I haven't quite tweaked or figured out what uh, uh, if it's a frequency thing, if it's uh, if there's some gaps in my my seal, um, but we'll see. So I'll get that done and then uh, sort of brag about it on a later episode. I think. So it's half the fun. Well, exactly. Hey, is that your list? Uh, that is, yes. I, I, for by my standards, that's a lot. I think that is a fair amount. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> All right. So for myself, uh, I know this is going to be shocking for everybody. Uh, I tweaked my ham setup, messed around with uh, my uh, my gear for a bit, uh, and then was able to make contacts in Hungary and France. So uh, I guess uh, whatever I tweaked worked. Uh, so I made a couple of contacts there and uh, I got five, nine signal reporting. So that means a perfectly readable, a very strong signal from both those stations in Hungary and France. So that, uh, that was interesting. And uh, Chris brings up a, a good point in the live chat here as well. He's, uh, in regards to when the tornadoes were happening in the area here that, um, as soon as the tornado hit Barry Ham uh, was, was buzzing and he's right. The frequencies were, were quite busy with a whole lot of traffic. So, uh, what else? Uh, so we went out uh, camping for the first time uh, with our little guy, uh, you know, the little prepper in training. And uh, yeah, things went well. So that's good. We'll get him out a few more times here, but uh, seemed to enjoy it. So that was good. Uh, met with a local uh, like-minded individual who uh, happens to be a listener, but uh, I'm not going to put his name out there because I don't know if he's all right with it. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, we went over our kits, made some suggestions to each other because uh, two heads are better than one. So it's always good to sit down and, and look over each other's uh, kit and see what uh, what you would add, what you take away, and vice versa. So that uh, that was good. Came away with a few extra things to add to my my setup. Uh, met up with Gavin from the other CPP, and we uh, bitched and moaned about the government, which I know is shocking. So I'm blown away to hear that. I know it was it was 
totally a random conversation. I didn't think that's how it would go, but it did. Uh, started to dive a lot deeper into uh, open source intelligence and uh, kind of help identify where I'm leaking some information and closing those gaps up. It's terrifying. Uh, there's a lot of information out there. Um, and what else? So oh, yeah, I'm gearing up for our second round of renovations. We're starting the first week of August because we're crazy. So that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> just when we thought we were done. There's no such thing. Bring on done. No, bring on the main floor. Here we go. And we're staying here for it, so that's going to be even better. Uh, that makes everything so yeah. much better. 100% oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Double. I, got giant, I got a giant bottle of Advil ready to go. Excellent. Well, yeah, that's my list. And just uh, make sure you throw all your calendars out because they no longer exist. Time is no longer relevant. No, it's not. Um, so I also am working on renovations. Uh, I'm working on my new garage project is the, the primary focus of my life right now. Uh, so we got the, uh, the in-floor heating piping now almost all laid um, fingers crossed I've got concrete coming this week as long as the weather cooperates uh, I did discover a gap in my preps this week when uh, the, the big sump pump in my in my basement overloaded so I have um, I have two pumps because I have two rather distinct levels in my basement from a, 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 the original foundation and uh, or an addition that was put on the back of the house um, Unfortunately, the big pump is the part that keeps the occupiable area dry, and so I came home to about five inches of water. Good news was almost no damage since I had planned for this, and all of my shelving is up off the floor, so I was okay there. But I realized I didn't have a way to clear the water out so that I could get to the sump well to fix it. So I had to go get a submersible pump, which I then, you know, obviously connected to the to the garden hose, pumped that out to the um, to the field behind me. Got a new dehumidifier, threw in a, a nice big fan that I was going to get anyways, and my basement is now, fingers crossed, set up success for success for the next few years, um, just in time for the first pump to crap out, because I, uh, I replaced that coming up on just about three years ago, so um, right. I'm guessing it's, uh, it'll, it'll fail sooner than later, and we'll keep an eye on it. Um, so that's been my excitement. That's been my big excitement, and I'm getting ready to go away on vacation. So that's uh, um, that's been the rest of my focus. So that's where I am. Very nice. Well, with that, maybe we'll move into the main topic. So we are talking about hydration. We're in crazy hot weather here. We're doing things outside. We have presently the luxury of coming into air conditioning and getting a glass of lemonade out of the refrigerator. Yep. Um, but if, uh, if society isn't going well and all of a sudden you, you have to think about these things, uh, you know, the, the general rule is if, uh, if you don't have water for three days, you're going to die. Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the, the Patriot challenges was drink two meters of water per day, um, which I mean, you can sweat that out in one hour, <laughs> um, but you know, if you think about it, it's only two Nalgene bottles a day. It's really not that, that much. It's um, funny how it seems like a lot though, unless oh, it's beer in front of you, then you can drink it all day. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two liters of beer, not a, ch not a no, problem. No that's problem. Like, that, no that's, problem. That's an easy afternoon, but yeah, two liters of water. Two, li two liters oh. of water. That's a, that's a real challenge. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, you have to start thinking about, uh, you know, getting heat cramps, heat exhaustion, heat stroke, um, sort of the, the subtle bits of dehydration. We are all probably a little bit dehydrated on a normal day to day basis. Um, but you know, if, uh, 
if things aren't going well, let's face it, it's going to get a whole lot worse. Yep. Um, you know, and this is something, hopefully, wherever you are, water was a consideration for your, uh, you know, bug in, bug out <laughs> place yep. to be. Um, so we have to think about that. So uh, early stages of dehydration, um, you know, you're confused, you're irritable, you can get constipated, you can start getting uh, sort of cramps, illnesses, uh, and later on things are going to start to get worse. Um, so that already sounds pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it sucks to begin with, and the, fur, the further yeah. it goes, the worse it gets. And I mean, um, like, we've, all, we've all likely experienced this at some point or another, whether we recognized it as dehydration or not. Um, Long term, it can lead to major kidney damage. Um, big fancy word of the day is uh, tissue hypoperfusion, which really just means that your organs are your organs are thirsty you don't have enough fluid left in your body to 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 create blood or to to manage your blood level and therefore you're not getting enough oxygen to your to your organs uh and we call that a uh we call that a sub uh, a suboptimal outcome it's it's poor circulation that will shut everything down uh and the the closer you are to that the closer you are to um expiring from perspiring Look at you with all the fancy words tonight. Oh yeah. Well, I didn't. <laughs> you you you, kill, you killed my carbon monoxide reference. So I got to got to make it up somehow. Fair enough. I had to get ahead of you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our we've all experienced heat cramps. Um, yeah. I would imagine we've all experienced heat cramps. If you haven't, then well, work harder. Um, but the big things <laughs> to look for with heat exhaustion. So the earlier stages yeah. of of heat illness. The big things to look for: headache, dizziness. Um, Obviously, feeling thirsty. By the time you feel thirsty, you're already you're already into the early Way stages. Too late. Um, cramping, especially, I find it anyways in, my, in myself. I find it in my legs more than anything else. But um, cramping and uh, even a rapid heartbeat or a, or a bit of a flutter um, are all the are kind of the early signs of heat exhaustion. This is the time to stop what you're doing, keep this from becoming an emergency, and. And, and, and manage it while it's manageable. Yes, manage, manage it before manage it before you have to have somebody else um, manage it. Um, so totally at this point, you're still sweating. Yeah, yeah, you're still you're still sweating, but you're you're realizing that you're not feeling well. Um, that is that's the time to uh, get rid of any excess clothing as much as you can. You start active cooling. Um, this is a great time to jump in the pool, go jump in the lake if you've got a body of water nearby. If you don't have a body of water nearby, one of the best things that I've ever found is a uh, is a bed sheet. Make it wet and then blow a fan over it, or mm-hmm. just flap the flap the sheet. It creates a wind chill effect, and in this case, we want the wind chill. The wind chill helps us. We hate it in the winter because it makes everything a whole lot colder. But that's what we want right now. Um, so that'll help bring your bring your body temperature back down, and then as much fluid as you can take slowly so you don't want to be you don't want to be chugging water it's going to make you vomit but um but keep your keep your up, up your fluid intake as much as possible so the uh canadian center for occupational health and safety recommends that when the when the um humidex gets over 35 you're drinking um one cup or about uh, 250 mils of water every 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes 
which again I will argue is nowhere near enough if you're actually working outside. But that's your yeah. that's your minimum that's your minimum baseline. So that puts you about two liters an hour, uh, which is which is a thing, right? That's a, that's a that's a good number to yeah. that's a good number to make if you're sweating. Uh, if you're not sweating, uh, about an hour a liter is as much as you can is as much as your kidneys can process, and you're just kind of passing the rest through without uh, without being any benefit. But start adding sweat into that, and you need you need more. Um, if you don't, if you ignore those signs, you can, you end up in uh, progressing into heat stroke. And heat stroke is the one that we now we now need help with this. This you you've lost too much fluid to be able to replace on your own. Um, so it's yeah. time to it's time it's time to go to the hospital. Uh, you should be calling nine one one for this. It's one of the few times that's a legitimate nine one one call. Um, yeah. yeah, we're well past is, the point of no return. Yeah, you're pa- yeah you're past the point of no return. And this is this is like heat stroke is indicated normally by the, when you stop sweating. Because yeah. um, when you stop sweating, your body is no longer able to um, to disperse the heat that's in your that's in your body, and you become even more hot and more dehydrated faster. So nausea, confusion, uh, confusion, and aggressive behavior are the two big earmarks of of somebody who is um, somebody who's experiencing heat stroke. Uh, generally, you also want you'll also expect to see uh, like hot red skin, hot red dry skin, um, and so just like just like any other um, time, I look. You, you want you're, when you're assessing somebody else, you're looking for that person's normal. So, if somebody's skin is already red before they started sweating, then don't worry about that. But if somebody's um, if somebody is normally fairly pale or reasonably tanned, all of a sudden their um, their face is really is really bright red. If they were sweating and now they're not, and they seem confused or they're not responding normally to what they should be, that's the time that we need to take active control of this situation and keep them from um, keep them from dying. So we're going to help them. We're going to help them the same way as we can with heat exhaustion. Um, if they can still drink on their own, cool fluids is good. If they can't, then don't force it on them. Yep. That's about what I have to say about heat exhaustion, heat stroke. Uh, anything more to add from that, Scott? No, I, I think that's a great, uh, great summary of it. Um, you know, we, if, if you're calling 911, there's the advantage of starting an IV and being able to get fluids in without risk of them vomiting up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing that uh, we didn't have in the notes here, but um, it, you know, having done enough outdoor sporting events and stuff where people are guzzling, guzzling electrolyte drinks um, and sort of not balancing water and electrolyte drinks, um, you know, all things in moderation. If it's just water and you need some salt replacement, you need some electrolyte drinks. If it's just sugar and salt and you're not getting enough water in, you can throw the whole system horribly out of balance that way. Um, so just be mindful that uh, you know not all electrolyte drink, not all water, a little bit, uh, a little bit of each as needed. Um, you know, if you're sweating, all that salt has to be replaced somehow. So um, if it's just water going in, Awesome, you're replacing the fluid, but don't forget uh, the other components. So, and one of the things I tr- I try to I try to avoid um, is the the pre manufactured. Um, I'll shout out Gatorade and Powerade. Um, if you are 
being athletic and you actually need the the calories from the sugar, then that's one thing. But most of us don't need that, uh, and the the added the added sugar is not great for you as well. Um, I tend to build. I tend to use, and I, I have absolutely no affiliation. I'm just a fan of the product. I use BioSteel um, hydration mix. It has no sugar. I love the flavors. They've got a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, I keep a bunch of their. Uh, they've got some single serve packets. I keep those in my uh, uh, in my day pack in my in, in my actually I keep them on my like in my my bunker gear for my in the on the fire truck and. And then I keep the the larger containers of the powder around in a couple of flavors, so that I've got. Uh, I keep my keep my electrolytes up wherever I am, um, and it has no sugar, and I think it tastes better than Gatorade. So there's that's that's my my shout out to them. Um, things to be aware of, right? How do you tell when you're dehydrated? One, if you feel thirsty, it's too late. Drink more. Um, the best. Uh, best like objective measurement of somebody's level of hydration is their urinary output so the, the the darker the darker your urine the the less hydrated you are and drink more fluids the closer it's to clear the better it is so I've, I always say dark is bad absent is worse if you're sweating if you're sweating it out so bad that you're not that you're not peeing you're not drinking enough water um, I remember one particular day few years ago when I actually worked for a living and I was outside in a parking lot working on a, on a, on a gate and, and an operator. And we, um, we were out there in like in a parking lot for seven hours. I drank 11 liters of water and didn't pee once. Wow. That's crazy. That was, that was nasty. Uh, that was, a, that was a bad day. Sounds like it. Yep. So we've got a comment in the live chat here from uh, Rome One. It says, I uh, worked 12 years as an AC tech in Las Vegas. I did a couple of things. It's important to keep your brain cool. So we put ice in our ball caps. So that the, uh, the melting ice would keep the head cool and keep your shirt wet to increase the cooling of your trunk. That's yeah, a good point. I like it. Yeah. I like that. And he goes on. He says, uh, another one that helped a lot was wearing a buff uh, and either keep it wet or better use it as a, a wrap to put ice in it. And then it helps cool you off that way as well. Yeah. I like so, it. absolutely. If you're, especially like targeted cooling, especially in the, the places that accumulate heat. Um, so, your neck, your armpits, your groin, those are all great places to, to actively cool first if you have to target it. Yeah. Um, and prevention is always better than cure. So, that's, uh, I, I like that. I like that way. Um, yeah. yeah makes, it makes good sense. And then uh, uh, Jeff makes a good point too. Don't drink ice like ice cold water uh, it can it can put your body into shock it will uh i i find anyways um it, it makes my throat close up if i if it's if it's too cold um it'll it'll make my throat close up i don't want to i don't my body rejects that really quickly um so that's uh yeah so those are those are your big things now how much water do you need great question that is a good question there's Probably a, more than a, we're already drinking. Absolutely, <laughs> Almost guaranteed. Absolutely. So, um, I uh, I have I, I challenge myself every day to drink as much water as humanly possible. I have a one liter Nalgene bottle. I put seven elastic bands around it, and at the beginning of the day, I roll all of those elastic bands up over the halfway point. And every time I fill the bottle, I roll I roll one down. So my goal is to get as much as as many times as I move as many elastics as I can. It's not enough. 
I, I, I just don't drink enough water. I, I try. I just don't. I just don't. The problem is, especially like when I'm working at home, it's great. When I'm out on the road and you got to pee every 12 minutes, right yeah. now especially, there are no bathrooms anywhere. Everything's closed. Um, it's getting better, but standing outside waiting to get into a Timmy's to go to the bathroom sucks. So I'm using that as a really poor excuse to not drink enough water. Um <laughs> <laughs> but if you're if you're coming up with if you need to come up with a number, um, half your body weight, half your body weight in ounces is a good starting point. That's your baseline. Yep. And then add when you're working when you're working hard. That's good. Again, if your urine is dark, drink more. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the ultimate. But yeah, start with with half your body weight in ounces. Um, that'll give you that'll give you a starting point and then and then add to it um, don't drink uh, don't drink contaminated water yeah, was that seven episode seven or eight maybe nine was the water was the first water yeah, episode? around there yeah we've done we've done a few of them right there are all kinds yep. of ways to get clean water um, specifically ocean water right salt water stay away yep. from that that will that you need some um, you need some electrolyte replenishment, so you can get electrolyte re- replenishment either from a premixed powder like BioSteel, like Gatorade, like Kirkland Signature knockoff brand, whatever it is. Um, you can also get that from food. Potassium is found in bananas, and sodium is found in just about everything. And magnesium, I can't think of an immediate food source for that, but. Uh, you can also take it as a as an individual supplement. So there are all kinds of options for getting those electrolytes back in, but you want to make sure that you're getting them. Uh, otherwise, you'll end up. I, I end up with uh, with really bad cramps if I if I'm yeah. not if I'm if I'm out of whack that way. Yeah, I like your low tech uh, solution to uh, to tracking your water intake. I'm uh, I'm very high tech in my way of doing it. Uh, if anybody's got one of those of, fancy uh, bottles that has yeah. the, the, that has an app and reminds you. Yeah, yeah, I've got the <laughs> hydrate spark. Yeah, awesome. Like yeah. I, if I, I and I say, I mean, <sighs> yeah, it ties into my uh, my fitness watch there, the iWatch mm-hmm. that I have, and it keeps track of you know any kind of exercises I do or how much walking yep. I do or, or any of that, and then it adds or subtracts the amount of water that I should intake for the day and. It just keeps me on track, right? Because if I sure. didn't have that reminding me to, hey, stupid, start drinking. Yeah, yep. coffee, coffee. Absolutely. Well, and, and another it's, coffee. It's, it's especially, especially if any, if any of you, your your goals in life include fitness, hydration yep. is number one. And if you if you ha- if you work with a, with any kind of personal trainer or nutritionist, yep. and they don't tell you to drink more water, and you argue with them about how much water you drink, and they say, I don't care, drink more. Yep. Um, find a new trainer because they're not giving you good advice. Um, every every aspect of fitness starts with hydration. Yep, hundred um, percent. And I mean that way works for me, and it's mostly because I've I've done that for a long time. And I think my like my the current Nalgene bottle that I've got is encroaching on ten years old, and it's still going strong, and I have no need to replace it, so I don't bother. Yep. Um, I like that low tech solution though, because that's going to work no matter what. Yep. Yeah, it sure is. And if I, I like forget, it. if I forget my watch or I take it off for, for whatever reason and don't put it back on, then it's not, it, you know, it's, it's, it's still there and it's, yep. it's, it's a visual indicator for me. And that's what, that's the system that works for me. No I matter like what, whatever system works for you. If, if the, if the super fancy bottle that like flashes at you and sends an alert to your phone to tell you to drink more water, if that's what works for you, do it. Yeah. It works while times are good. 
Yeah. But if times are bad, it's not going to yep. work. So well, like I'm, we have I'm a, some we, elastic bands. Yeah. Well, we have a rule in the fire service, right? Like hydration begins the day before your shift, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it takes it takes time to build up, right? I can I could chug seven liters of water right now. I would piss most of it away, yep. quite literally, and it wouldn't it wouldn't do me much good. But if I drink water consistently, it's like working out. If I I can work out really really hard once, and it's great but it doesn't produce long-term results. So hydration is a daily thing. It's, it's one of the, one of the basics of any kind of healthy life and the results of not being well hydrated will quite literally kill you. The better hydrated you are before you go into an emergency situation, the better off you are overall. Now here's a question for uh, the heat stroke. I know we mentioned uh, hospital right away. Uh, let's throw in the scenario that there is no medical assistance available or readily available. What's something that um, we could try doing for, for treatment? Is there anything? I guess is the question. So active cooling, right? The same thing as we did before with, with heat exhaustion, right? I want to, I want to get that person's body temperature down, like back, back to normal as quickly as possible. Replace, replenishing the fluids is the, is the big challenge. By the time you're, you're at a level of heat stroke, getting water, on board, getting fluids on board without vomiting becomes much more of a challenge. And of course, anytime you vomit, you're losing more fluid, so it makes yep. it makes the problem makes worse. worse. So if you can sip fluid, this is where this is where ice chips are handy, right? If you've got, or you mm-hmm. can um, if you can soak a rag and like kind of dribble water into somebody's mouth to really, really slowly bring it back. As long as they're no longer losing fluids because they're because they've been cooled down, that will help. Um, assuming you can't get to medical attention. Um, but like, that's, that's the kind of thing where wherever you call for help from, right. A helicopter is coming to get you because it's, it's, it's bad. Like you're, you're in a bad state. Uh, so I'll again, prevention far better than far better than, than cure. Um, but yeah, if you were, if you were out on your own and you, like, if you're, you're out away from help or you're in a place where it's going to take some time for, for help to come, uh, dribble fluid or melt some ice chips into that person's mouth, get, get water in slowly and keep them, keep them cool. And if they're at the heat stroke, because they're not sweating, the active cooling is basically artificial sweat. Right. You're trying mm-hmm. to sweat for them so that that fluid you're adding on to them can evaporate off and take away some of that heat. Because earlier we'd sort of described you go from heat exhaustion to heat stroke, you stop sweating, and all of a sudden your heat spikes because all your cooling mechanisms have failed. Right. So. Good to know. I like that. I like that description, artificial, artificial yeah. sweat. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, it's also but, why in southern Ontario we have such high instances of heat exhaustion is because we've got such high humidity. There's nowhere for the sweat to go. So even if you're sweating, right. when the humidity gets high, there's nowhere for it to evaporate, which is why bike riding is a great thing because it'll it'll uh, um, it produces wind, which gives you which gives the gives the moisture somewhere to go. Nice. But again, of course, if uh, if EMS or any kind of emergency service or hospital is available. That's obviously the number one route that's to go. Number one. Yep. Don't don't try to sweat for somebody if you can get them to a hospital. No, no, no. Yeah. That's like that's if if help can't get there. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about you know you're in a you're in the back country of Algonquin Park and help is coming, but it's a it's a day or two away. Yeah. Um, 
that's when that's when you you have to you have to take those measures into your own hands and the good news is that whoever you're talking with on the other end of the line will be able to talk you through some of that oh yeah um, but it would also be in everyone's best interest if you're going to be that remote um, a bag of a bag of normal saline will uh, and, a, and, a, and an IV kit will um, will do wonders once you are proficient at, at uh, starting that line Scott you can correct me if I'm wrong but the more dehydrated somebody is, the harder it is to get a stick. So you want to get to get that needle into the vein. So we want to oh, get absolutely. Uh, you want to you want to get that you want to get that started sooner than later. Please seek uh, out training before trying that. Yeah, no, no, like don't just like <laughs> grab one and you're gonna do it. But you know, go go get trained. Go get yeah. trained on that. Uh, that's not a YouTube video. That's uh, <laughs> no. That's that's some practice. No, yeah, it's definitely some training involved for that. Yeah, yep. <laughs> that would be something that I'd be keenly interested in carrying with me if I was going into a into yeah. a backcountry situation. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about ways to store water. So we we've got the obvious bottles, of course. That's uh, that's a great way to store some water. Uh, the water bob. Of, uh, I'm pretty sure most of the listeners have heard of the water bob, but if you haven't, it's just a plastic liner that goes in your your bathtub, and then you can fill it up with uh, with water, and it just mm-hmm. keeps the water away from the side walls of the tub that could have soap scum or and whatever else, uh, depending on what your bathtub looks like. Clean uh, food grade plastic. Yeah, yeah yep. exactly. Yes. So it's it keeps it usable. Uh, sealed barrels. It's another way of doing it. Sure. Um, rain barrels. That's uh, more of a gray water, I would think, um, depending on where the the source of the water is coming from. But but it's cleanable. But it's still it's, as long as, it as is, you yep. can collect it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Uh, what else? Got um, a well and a hand pump. That'd be uh, that'd be a nice to have. Yeah, that'd be but, great. Uh, not uh, not cheap to put in apparently, but. Uh, no. And and any running any running water source as well, right? Any fresh water yeah. source, um, especially if you've got a, a not a life straw. What's the good version of that? The uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the Sawyer. I'm, I'm Sawyer. That's uh, the one I was thinking. Yeah. Of. I, all I could think of was Berkey, and I know that that's a built-in system. But uh, yeah. you're not carrying that with you into the backcountry. But uh, a Sawyer. Uh, can. There's there's travel versions of Berkey. Travel versions, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, there's small um, ones. Yep. So, uh, if you've got a, if you've got a filtration system, obviously the cleaner the source, yeah. the less the filter has to work, which is good. Yeah. But just about anything can be made drinkable if you try hard enough. Yeah, that's true. Just don't drink chemically contaminated water. Yeah, because pretty much all your filters are not going to help with that. Yep. Uh, what else do we have on the list? Uh, freezing issues is obviously something you're going to want to keep in mind in Canada because uh, freezing happens. What freezing happens? Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, like water is one of those one of those weird chemicals that uh, that expands when it freezes as opposed yep. to contracting, like most things. So make sure you leave some space if you're mm-hmm. uh, in, in your bottle. Um, on the topic of that, when I'm packing water, I like I, I like my Nalgene bottles. I like my my Camelback, but I tend to default to individual water bottles, like smaller bottles, simply because if I drop one, I don't lose all of my water. Uh, so uh, Rome one's got a got a good point in the live chat here. Food grade IBC tote. So if you're looking to that's store a lot, a of water. lot of water, yep, that's a lot but of water. If you're looking to store a whole bunch of water, that's one way of doing it. So like a thousand liters in your backpacks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one heck of a workout trying to lift that. 
Yeah. <laughs> but if you're oh, planning uh, on planning on staying in place, that's um, that's a good way to yep, just throw a whole lot of water in, like, in a small area. On scale, they're really not that expensive either. No. Um, and if well, you I see them listed around here on yep. uh, on like marketplace and such. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'd still want to filter that after I uh, you know after it's been sitting in there for a while. But yep. it's um, you know it's food grade. It's not going to it's not going to degrade. So as long as it's clean yep. when you put when you put water into it, it'll be reasonably clean when you bring it out. Yeah. Um, you just get that just get that algae taste unless it's insulated. Uh, yep. I find that the hotter water gets, the the more it's uh, uh, the more it tastes like the the algae that just exists everywhere, which kind of yep. is kind of gross. I have a really hard time drinking that water. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, make yeah, sure you clean your water. Go back. We've done we've done water episodes yep. a couple of times. So why you need clean water? This is why you need clean water. Yeah. Um, but uh, and uh, of course, if you're going to boil your water, uh, just be careful of carbon monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, guys. Forty four minutes in. Yep. <laughs> If you're gonna boil your water, boil it outside. Make sure your oh. carbon monoxide detector is plugged in. That's exactly yeah. right. Um, <laughs> Even during the apocalypse, if the power is out, carbon monoxide detector is plugged in. Car- the, last, <laughs> the last two batteries you have go in your carbon monoxide detector. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, carbon monoxide, by the way, does not travel through water. It, it so you can't it can't be contaminated. Um, I uh, oh, Kyle has a good question. In the in that was the, a great question. Uh, how so water should be rotated out as often as gas i don't know about as often as gas but yes you should be rotating through your water stores um what we do what we do here is we have a uh, a five gallon jug per person um in the house and we we we're all we're constantly rotating through that so um your general rule of uh, of a gallon or like four liters per person per day um Obviously, we're going through it a lot less because we're using tap water, but we have those water jugs and we rotate through those, um, which works out to probably once a month or so that we're, or every two months that we're rotating through one of those. Uh, as long as it's kept cool, dry. <laughs> yes, keep your water dry is what I just said there. <laughs> keep your containers dry. Was, wasn't um, going to say it. Wasn't going to go there. Um, don't, don't, store them on, don't store them in places where they can leach chemicals like on your concrete floor. Um, that will that will help prolong the life and then absolutely rotate rotate through so um a, ca- a case of water is is pretty cheap <clears throat> your worm for the deal of the week but yep. um running running through uh running through a couple of uh, cases of water having a couple of cases on hand run through those every you know every month every two months then You'll always have you'll always have it fresh and you know keep in mind they always put an expiry date on things it doesn't mean that it's going to actually go bad or it's actually going to be leaching chemicals yep. but it can um uh, it can make the uh it can make the water taste funny so the way i look at it right now it, times are good right now water is readily accessible so if you want to rotate it out at the same time you rotate your gas there's no harm right if, if it's going to be a reminder for you that you're doing your gas every like six months or whatever and you want to rotate your water at the same time why not? It's not going to hurt anything because it's readily available. Yep. And then just have a plan in place for if it's not readily available, how you're going to rotate it out then. Mm-hmm. Because then it's obviously a lot harder to get new. Uh, but while times are good, Absolutely. why not rotate it? It's not going to hurt. Yep. Uh, 
One interesting thing that I'd put in here is years ago camping, we were using the sort of lever action ceramic filter pump that goes sort of directly onto a, like a wide mouth Nalgene bottle. And getting water was really a pain in the ass. And whoever had to you know, do water duties, sitting down at the edge of the water or going out in a canoe to get clean stuff away from shore. And by the end of the trip, you're always dehydrated because water is such a pain. Um, we've started, uh, sort of the, the guys I like to go camping with, we started using this fancy carbon filter uh, nanotube technology that basically runs an IV bag of dirty water gravity fed through a filter system uh, to a clean bag on the other side. And it is phenomenal. And now that water isn't a concern, we all drink well, we, you know, you've got clean water to cook with, do dishes, you're not rationing it at all. Um, So it, uh, for us, it was really a game changer. So it is something that's part of my preps in terms of just having it with my camping stuff and having sort of a backup ready to go if, uh, if I need to be self-sufficient somewhere for a while, you know, if it's dirty water, I know I can make it cleaner. Um, oh. So it makes me happy. But you can't uh, let the filter freeze. So just keep that uh, keep that in mind. So if it's winter out, that's going in my sleeping bag. <laughs> Fair enough. So anyway, uh, a link for it and a picture of it. I just threw it up in the notes just uh, just so we can see what uh, what I'm talking about. Oh. It's also really nice because if the filter gets bunged, you take your clean water bag, you lift it up, it does a back flush, it puts all the whatever's caught back into the the dirty bag on that side of the filter. You dump it out and it's ready to go for for more. So So that's the the platypus? Is that uh, a picture you put in here? Darius was asking in the live chat here what system it is. So yeah, it just says platypus on it. So, and there'll be a link uh, to it in the show notes when yeah, uh, there's when a, those get published. Yeah, yep. there's a, a link for, uh, I mean, I got mine at Mount Quinn Co-op, but uh, I, mean, I think it's available all sorts of places. Anyway, it's a I will fantastic. throw that in now. I'll put it in the live go. chat for everybody. There you go. Um, so, yes, we've been very impressed with this system uh, with some knowledgeable friends who uh, have taught me all sorts of wonderful things about camping. Very nice. I'll have to check that out. And anybody sitting in the live chat right now, the link is up on Facebook and uh, YouTube. So, all right. Shall we move into the podcast challenge? Your challenge for this week is to be well hydrated and build up your emergency water storage. Work on a renewable system or check out the deal of the week coming up for uh, a great deal on prepackaged. All right. Uh, we should mention book club. So we're doing book club. It's uh, Dr. Alton's uh, book on uh, first aid. So survival. The survival, survival medicine handbook. Survival medicine handbook. I, <laughs> the name escaped me there. Thank you. Everyone help and, uh, coming. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's actually a new version of that coming out, which I, uh, yeah. I'm really excited to get my hands on because they, it's yeah. been updated because that's uh, – that was one of his earlier books and it's, it's great. And yep. uh, everything I've read of his is fantastic. He's been on the, on the show a couple of times, which we really appreciate. Yeah, it's and, it, um, he, and it's, uh, I can't wait to get the new one. Cause it's, I, I'll, I'm an unashamed fan and uh, always great information. I learn something new every time I read through those books. Yeah. So he's hopefully from what I've been reading, the, the new edition will be out in September ish. 
Uh, they're just putting the final touches on everything, updating some images, doing the proofreading and editing thing. Fantastic. So hopefully, and I believe that's the fourth edition. Yeah. So that's coming out in September. My, I think my printed copy is the second edition. And that's... Yeah, uh, I think I've got... Uh, yeah, I think that's what I have, second or third. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we're going to... We're going to review that book for uh, for book club. Cool, and that's uh, well. That's the last week of first week of August. When is that? Uh, end of August. End of August. Yeah. End of yes, August. We got some, oh, yeah. got some time yet. Excellent. Yep. And those who are audiobook folks, there is an audiobook version of this book. So, yep. That's about ten hours long. Yeah, it's it's a reference book. It's not one that it you is, necessarily yeah. want to read cover to cover, but it's one that you want to yep. know where the stuff is pretty quickly. Yep. No, it's a good book. It's worth it. Absolutely. Uh, upcoming events. So uh, Maple Seed, um, again, uh, mapleseedrifleman.com slash events. Check it out and uh, get out and put some rounds down range if you can. I've got deal of the week. Deal of the week, 24 bottles of water at Walmart. Works out to about two cents per 100 milliliter. Uh, not a bad deal. Those, uh, those cases come up on sale pretty regularly. Um, now's a great time to st- store a few cases away and uh, maybe work with your work with your mag see if you can work a volume deal there are lots of uh, distributors out there um, that will uh, that will give you will give you a deal if you can get if you if you order a whole pallet's worth so um, see if you can find some see if you can find something better than two cents per hundred mil uh, which is a pretty darn good price so check them out that's at Walmart uh, and that's across across Canada if only they would sell a two for a beer for that price. Well, I mean, Bud Light's pretty much the same thing. So you're not it is. Out. Yeah. Yep. This is true. It's Making really love in a canoe. Fizzy water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So we'll move to some shout outs. Uh, Ian, uh, who had to duck out, he had a shout out to Champion Gen- the Champion Generator Parts Store. Uh, it was clean, organized website, fast and cheap shipping. So that's. Uh, um, Good for them, I suppose. Yeah, that's great. Love when that happens. Mm-hmm. I uh, I will actually add to that. I, I've been to one of their offices to get help with uh, a couple of really specific questions, and they're fantastic people. You know, just sort of the sales guy came out of the office, and sort of if he didn't know something, he found the guy that did know something, and uh, I was quite quite impressed with them. Nice. Uh, I'm going to shout out uh, Jim and Evan, uh, who were very, very, very helpful in uh, my little septic adventures this week. Uh, I like learning things from smart people, especially if I'm doing things that I don't want to do wrong. <laughs> so, How'd you end up on the podcast then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just writing coattails. That's all I do. <laughs> Anyway, I, I owe them a thank you, so and probably a, a case of decent beer. Fair enough. Decent beer. That's uh that's serious right there. That yeah, is serious. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a serious job. Yeah. They really pulled you out of the shit, huh? <laughs> that they did. <laughs> uh, we'll mention the uh, PDF survi- the survival PDF collection at worldstudybible.com slash moreonline.htm. Uh, also in the show notes, check them out. Lots of uh, invaluable PDFs, and, um, and that'll be maybe we'll do another tech episode and figure out how to uh, how to keep how to make that available in a grid down situation. There's uh, most likely nice. a way. 
I'm sure there is. All right, we'll move into email and iTunes reviews. So we've got one uh, titled CPP. We get five stars out of it. it says uh, one of the top three best shows on podcast. Uh, does Jeff ever get excited? Great content. It's a good question. Yes, Jeff does get excited at the odd time. But there's usually a lot of beer involved. There's usually a lot of beer involved. And usually when it comes to uh, a microphone and talking, he's very calm, cool, and collected. So you will not know he's excited, but he does get excited at times, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And we got another... Another five-star review from Josh in Perth in Australia. And he says, great show, entertaining, interesting, and insightful. Keep up the great work. It's appreciated. Well, Josh, we appreciate you. Awesome. uh, I think Perth is physically about as far away as you can get before you start getting close again, right? So uh, I think that's that's our furthest review ever. I think so, yeah. I think so. That's awesome. You've you've now set a record for us, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, with that, I will bring episode 124 of the Canadian Prepper podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or of course, your favorite podcast app. Uh, Please help us out. Submit a review. It does help other people find us and confirm that Jeff does stay calm. (laughs) We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. Also, find us on Facebook, do the exact same thing, and it will tell you the same thing. Uh, You can contact me directly, alan at prepperpodcast.ca, and that's alan with one L. Uh, Any feedback for the show, or if you're looking for me, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca works quite nicely. Yeah, you can uh, contact Ian at uh, the Island Retreat at gmail.com. He's also apparently on Gab and Odyssey at uh, the Island Retreat. And of course, you can find him on the Canadian Patriot podcast uh, recording on Monday nights at 9 p.m. on YouTube. And there's a Discord group called the Canadian Patriot Podcast. Uh, flip an email to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca if you're interested in getting into that. Uh, you can check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com and get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Until next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep hydrated. <laughs>